Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're looking at the underlying data that is central in the narrative about the health of our economy and the fight against inflation. The message out of the White House and the Federal Reserve was that the economy's strong, too strong even. Look at all the strong employment numbers. Each month, we keep hearing about how we have a hot jobs market. Interest rates have to go up to fight inflation, and the number of people entering the job market is indicative of a hot economy. The fact is, if you look through the history of the jobs reports, you'll see that there's a consistently large discrepancy between the headline number that's reported and then the subsequently revised numbers. The headline number does exactly that. It catches the headlines, and that's what sticks in people's memory. Additionally, we see policymakers like the Federal Reserve setting interest rate policy based on those headline statistics. But when those numbers get revised, which means they were wrong, decisions are getting made based on bad data. How wrong do you ask? Well, the March 2023 headline report was for 236,000 jobs created in that month. That was later revised down by 71,000 jobs. In February, the report was 326,000 jobs. That was later revised down by 78,000 jobs to 248,000. January number was also revised down by 45,000 jobs. Now, I don't want to mislead you. The corrections are not always downward revisions. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics has been wrong in both directions. During the pandemic, they misreported the number of job losses by hundreds of thousands. The problem is that interest rate policy is being set on the basis of a flawed model of inflation. Do we have an inflation problem in the U.S., in Canada, Europe, in fact, the entire world? Well, yes, we do. But that inflation is monetary inflation, which has given rise to price inflation. When the cause of the price increase is a supply shock of the type that we experienced during the pandemic, reducing demand by raising interest rates is treating a symptom at best and amplifying the root cause at worst. The theory is that when prices increase, employees demand higher pay which then causes higher prices, and now you have a wage price spiral. And when the labor market is tight and there's a shortage of workers, then employees have a lot of leverage over their employers to demand higher pay. The goal of the Fed is to increase unemployment enough to eliminate the wage price spiral. But how do you know if the efforts are working? Well, I guess you could measure employment. But the employment numbers coming from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics have been notoriously wrong. For one, the headline employment number is being favored instead of the household data. The number of self-employed people in the United States remains steady at 10.1% according to the official numbers, which includes both incorporated small businesses and non-incorporated. In Canada, the number is much higher at 15.3% of the total workforce. But recent research shows that the actual number of people earning some portion of self-employed income might be indeed much higher. The gig economy has enabled a lot of people to moonlight and to supplement their income. Some people hold two jobs or even more. The employment report published every month doesn't distinguish those who hold two jobs. The surveys of employers, not employees. So if Dunkin' Donuts lists someone as an employee, they don't know whether that same individual is also delivering pizza for Domino's. The survey would show two employees when in fact there's only a single individual. The household survey, on the other hand, consistently shows lower household income than the employment survey. And the Bureau of Labor and Statistics doesn't use data from the IRS, which would theoretically give an accurate correlation, at least for an annual average figure. 
Now, it might seem obvious that the percentage of workers involved in self-employment or other forms of gig activities has increased, but the data on self-employment and gig relationships has proven to be complex and actually contradictory. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics announced in 2018 that the share of workers in the contingent or alternate work arrangement declined slightly from 2005 to 2017, as did the number of adults working as independent contractors. That shrunk from 7.4% to 6.9%. That was surprising to many because other estimates had suggested large increases. Indeed, two prominent economists initially reported a 5 percentage point increase in the share of workers in alternative work arrangements over that same time period. But after examining new data, they concluded that the result was overstated, and it was only more like 1 to 2 percentage points. Adding further confusion is the fact that the share of tax returns filing Schedule C on the Form 1040, that is, income from sole proprietorships, has increased in recent decades, even as the percentage of people reporting on surveys that they're primarily self-employed on government surveys, that's been falling. Now, the folks at Gallup conducted a survey in 2019, just before the start of the pandemic, which suggested as many as 28.5% of the working population reports self-employed income but 54% of those people also report employment income. If these people are effectively working on a side hustle simply to earn extra income, then the argument that employees are entirely reliant on their employer for a raise is not correct. They're already taking steps to supplement their income, which is not in and of itself putting upward pressure on wages. From all the data sets that I'm seeing, I can only conclude the following. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics is collecting flawed data and publishing it and then subsequently revising it repeatedly. Number two, the Fed is using that flawed data from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics as an input to their model. Number three, the bad data is being used in a flawed model. And number four, the output of that flawed model using bad data is being used to draw conclusions about the inflation outlook. And then finally, interest rates are being increased to cool inflation based on all of the above. Now, that might sound a little cynical, but frankly, I can't see a way to draw any other conclusion. It feels like we're stuck in a low-budget movie with cheesy one-liners and B-rated actors, but unfortunately, we're living it, and this is no movie. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.